0: Of Wisdom Awakening, I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. You'll notice a little bit of a different look because I've got my radio microphone here. I want to apologize to you all because I guess for the last couple of days, particularly yesterday, there's a lot of static, and we think that basically one of the microphones I used, my lapel microphone, went bad. And we switched this one out and tested and I trust that the sound is coming across fine now. <laughs> but my wife is monitoring, and I'm sure others are. And let me know if you're having difficulties with the sound. Uh, we'll get that all straightened out. In the meantime, I'll be using my radio microphone because it's working just fine. And uh, finding a replacement, I prefer not to use the radio microphone in the morning uh, when I'm not doing radio because it's you know it's kind of in the way between me and the audience. But uh, I prefer to use a little lapel mic. But this will do for now because the most important thing is that you can see me and you can hear me. And I hope the sound is coming across okay now. Well, look, we're going to get back in the book of Philippians, of course. But before we go there, I just want to reflect a bit on this. You know, I was thinking about wisdom. We call this wisdom awakening. And why do we call it wisdom awakening? You talk about all these issues of the day because, folks, there's no such thing as wisdom without the application to the, the daily issues that we confront. If someone says, "Well, I'm wise, but then you look at how they analyze things and how they respond to things and how they conduct their lives, and you say it doesn't comport with this so-called wisdom, certainly not biblical wisdom they claim to have, that person's not wise, okay? Wisdom, doesn't exist in a vacuum. Wisdom is only wisdom as applied to the circumstances and situations that we confront personally, cosmically, in our communities, in our families. You demonstrate wisdom by how you respond to the various issues of the day and how you analyze and approach the various challenges and problems that confront us, okay? So wisdom awakening means we want to awaken everybody to applying the wisdom of God to the circumstances that we confront. And every time I start this program, I reflect on some issue, but I always look at it from a biblical perspective. And that's what I'm trying to impart to you, a biblical worldview on these issues. Now, here again, some people may say, well, I don't understand how you get into all these, quote, unquote, political issues. From my perspective, they're not political. They're prophetic. In the same way that Ahab was confronted by Elijah for his wickedness and the wickedness of his wife Jezebel, and we don't read that and go, well, that now wait a minute, Elijah, you shouldn't be doing That's political. That's Leave that to the government officials, <laughs> okay? Of course not. And in the same way that John the Baptist, if you want to jump to the New Testament, I could use many instances from the Old Testament as well, but from the New Testament, why didn't John the Baptist just shut up about Herod? Herod's a governmental leader. Leave Herod alone. You know, minister to the people, John. Don't mention anything about Herod. But, of course, he understood that the leaders had a great deal to do with how the people were able to function and carry out their faith. That's why the Bible says when the wicked are in authority, the people mourn. So it is not, quote, unquote, politics in the sense that people like to make it like, oh, you shouldn't be getting involved in that. This is prophetic ministry, folks. This is taking the wisdom of God's word and applying it to the circumstances of the day. If you came to me with a personal problem, a problem of sickness, a problem of finances, a problem of relationships, I'm going to take you to the word. Well, what's the word have to say about that? Well, when I look at my country and where we are as a nation, of course I'm going to take the word of God and apply it to those circumstances because that's what real wisdom is. You know, people can have a lot of stuff in their heads and they think that makes them wise. It does not. It does not. To be wise is to apply wisdom to the circumstances and issues that we confront that's what it means to be wise. That's why the Bible says, get wisdom, and all you're getting, get understanding. I think that's Proverbs, yeah, Proverbs chapter four, if I'm not mistaken. It, uh, get wisdom, and all you're getting, get understanding. So, so to it says wisdom is the principal thing. But but here again, that doesn't mean getting a lot of hidden knowledge that's floating around up there. It means getting heart knowledge that is actually translating into your daily actions and your daily speech and how you respond to things, okay? Now, here's what I'm ultimately, I I just wanted to reflect on that. I guess the Spirit of God really led me to reflect on that because some people may say, well, you know, E.W. Jackson gets into politics. (laughs) But that's either a Christian who does not have a biblical worldview and doesn't understand that the Bible applies to everything or it's just some unsaved person who doesn't know God anyway, and they would rather I not have anything to say because they want to do evil, and they don't like somebody like me, somebody like me calling out their evil. So h- here's what I'm thinking about. You know, I didn't realize, well, I guess I did realize this, but it was brought to my attention again. You know, the Taliban still has a Twitter account. Yes, they do. They have a Twitter account. I don't. Mine was suspended. President Donald Trump doesn't his was taken down, but the Taliban does. And in a recent article, they talked about their determination to make sure that they killed every Christian and Jew they could find. I made a little piddling comment, piddling, because it was to me minor, about the Sri Lankan attacks on churches Because some guy named Andy Fox, I always use his name because I remember it very distinctly. By the way, I think he still has his account too, but I don't. Says, well, you know, Christians, their evangelism techniques and blah, 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 blah. He basically was implying that the Christians in Sri Lanka were not evangelizing in the proper way. He's not a Christian. He, you know, basically just looking for a way to criticize them. I responded to that tweet and said, but Christians aren't killing people. It's Muslims that are doing that. They took me down. But the Taliban that is determined to kill Christians and Jews, their Twitter account is still operative. Now, and President Trump's is taken down, and a whole bunch of other conservatives have had their their um, accounts taken down. I, I haven't decided yet whether I'm ever going to sue on this issue, but I, I may well do it because... I just don't have the time, frankly, don't have the resources, time, or money to spend going after Twitter, but my attitude about that might change because it is, it is a, 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 a horrible injustice, not just to me, but to so many others, and I'm thinking there may be a, a place for a class action suit against Twitter because they are violating our First Amendment liberties, and frankly, as far as I am concerned, they are instruments of the government. We can be technical, oh, no, they're private businesses. They are not. They are not private businesses. They are instruments of the government because they are are lock, stock, and barrel sold out to the Democrat Party and its officials, and they do their bidding. So as a de facto matter, they are operating under color of law. I don't care what kind of distinctions people try to make. Those are technical distinctions. But in reality, Twitter, Facebook, uh, uh, Google, um, and whatever background stuff, Amazon doesn't have a platform, but many people depend upon them in order to have a platform. As far as I'm concerned, Amazon's the same thing. They They are simply propaganda tools for the left. And since the left controls all three branches of government today well they control two of the three branches of government they control the congress and the presidency but since the left controls two of the three branches of government then these entities are nothing but spokespersons for and and propagandists for the government and they should not be immune from lawsuit so Here again, some people would say, but don't get into that. That's politics. No, folks, this goes to the fundamental responsibility that every American citizen has to be concerned about and to take action toward the safety and security of our nation and its people. And by the way, if you and I citizens don't, these bozos in Washington, D.C. apparently won't. Certainly not these Democrats. Joe Biden won't. In fact, it 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 seems to me that, you know, President Trump's agenda was America first. I love that. I think it's right, it's appropriate, it's not racist, it's not you know it's it's appropriate. It's it's biblical. You know, I used to say, well, you know, Joe Biden's agenda is America last. That's wrong. It's not. Joe Biden's agenda is America destroyed. Not America last among nations, America destroyed among nations. Because everything they seem to do lends itself toward the destruction of our country. You know, I, I was reflecting on this before I came on and thinking, when I hear myself say that, it makes me question myself and say, well, you know, that just seems a bit over the top. Just the, the way, the, just the sound of it seems a bit over the top. But when you look at the evidence, you can't ignore it. I just read this morning that they have discovered a hundred people on terrorist watch lists trying to come into the country as Afghanistan refugees. One hundred. And by the way, that was in a group of 7,000. And how many have we brought here so far? How many are we planning to bring? 50,000? In a group of 7,000, they found one hundred on terrorist watch list. Now, how many people did it take to blow up the World Trade Towers? All told, Osama bin Laden plus those who were directly involved. I don't I don't have the exact number, but what was it? Maybe a dozen? 20? 25? It wasn't 100. And we're talking about 100 in potentially, potential terrorists embedded in 7,000 Afghanis that we are bringing into the country, and you multiply that by seven times and you're looking at hundreds, 700. And by the way, we're only talking about the ones they discovered, either because they had false passports or because, you know, they had a real passport but they were identified, whatever. You and I know, as a matter of common sense, if you discovered that many, there are many that you didn't discover. I mean, that's the name of the game, right? The, 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 the drug cartels play the same game. It's a game of numbers. It is built into their business plan that a certain amount of their drugs will be confiscated. They will be discovered as they try to bring them into our country. That's fine, because they know that most of it won't be. And in fact, the drugs that are discovered become a distraction from the drugs that are coming in that don't get discovered. And you mean to tell me if you found 100 embedded in 7,000? That doesn't imply there are many more you didn't even discover. And now you multiply that number. Because we're not, we have not taken the time to vet these people properly. This 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 plan is is just one gigantic debacle of 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 absolutely astounding magnitude. I mean, you can't even begin to measure how bad this really is. You got Americans held hostage because, as far as I'm concerned, they're already hostages. If you can't get out. And they're telling people who made it to Kabul airport, if they're telling them, leave, that they made it to the exterior of the the gate, leave, get away, because there's some kind of terrorist event that potentially could take place, go. And so they can't get in to fly out and get back to America. And we're hearing reports of Americans being beaten up, Americans told to hide in place. They're hostages, folks, already. And yet we're bringing thousands into our country, some of whom I think we can conclusively say are Taliban or Al-Qaeda or ISIS terrorists. It's not America last. It's America destroyed if they have their way. You, 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 you What they want to, mask up everybody they want to force everybody to have a vaccine they meaning the leftists not just joe biden but his whole cabal all of his little comrades all of his little communist comrades they want to mask up everybody they want everybody to have the vaccine but when it comes to illegal immigrants oh yeah bring them on over yeah no problem no mask oh no problem no vaccine no no problem oh you got covid that's okay we'll we'll set you down Po podunk and you'll be fine Now, when I say America destroyed, you know what I mean. America destroyed as we know it. They're looking to to rebuild a different kind of America. America that you an America that you and I don't want and would not even recognize, an, an America that would be more akin to the Soviet Union or Communist China than it is to the constitutional republic we now live under. Now the wisdom of God says when you have ungodly people in authority this is what you get in fact this scripture came to mind this morning in proverbs chapter 17 verse 15 listen to this he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just both of them alike are an abomination to the lord now look at what what we have going on right now i'm kicked off twitter because I am pointing out an evil in Islam that needs to be pointed out. But Taliban that are actually responsible for cutting people's heads off, raping women, denying women their rights, murdering Americans, cutting their heads off in front of cameras, uh, the Taliban, it's okay for them to be on. That's what you call justifying the wicked and condemning the just. President Donald Trump, who was responsible for killing a lot of these terrorists and for defeating ISIS in Syria, he's taken off of Twitter. But the Taliban are on Twitter. That's what you call justifying the wicked and condemning the just. But the Bible says both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. And it it is not a good thing to be an abomination to the Lord. You know what that means? Twitter, with all of its touted technological Power and prowess is an abomination to the Lord. Facebook, with all of its technological prowess and power, is an abomination to the Lord. Google is an abomination to the Lord because they're justifying the wicked and they're condemning the just. Now, we as a country are going to have to get a handle on this stuff uh, and, and, and vote these folks out. I realize we got a challenge in front of us because already you see, you see in California already they're sending out these ballots that are, are um, punched in a certain way that a person can look at the ballot inside the envelope and see how the individual voted. In other words, you know which ballots to throw away, which ballots to keep. And by the way, those ballots are designed, are you ready for this? I just said Facebook is an abomination to the Lord. Those ballots are designed by an organization that is funded and controlled by Mark Zuckerberg, chairman and and CEO and owner of Facebook. Those ballots that are marked in such a way that you can look inside when they're in the envelope and the envelope sealed, you can look and see how people voted. Those ballots are designed by Mark Zuckerberg's people. Yeah, It's not America last. It's America destroyed as we know it. That's what they're after. And we're going to defeat them. Uh, folks, we are going to defeat them. I know it looks bad right now, but we're going to defeat them because right is more powerful than wrong. And I know there are times in life when it doesn't seem that way. I'm sure there were times in George Washington's battle for our independence when it didn't seem that way. And there were times during World War II when it didn't seem that way, but it is that way. And the outcome is assured. It's just a question of what we have to go through to get there, but the outcome is assured. So I just want you to be encouraged. Don't you dare back up, back off, give in. In fact, now's the time to speak up even more boldly. Did you see these stories out in Washington State? They're probably doing it at other places, but we've not heard anything about it yet but they're putting these ankle monitors on students as some kind of COVID uh, monitoring system to track their, their contacts. And by the way, without the permission of the parents, these are minors, and they're putting monitors on these kids and they didn't even ask the parents whether they could do it or not. And then when somebody like me or some parent out there stands up and says, "Hey, you can't do that," oh, 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 you're 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 wicked. You're you know you're 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 dangerous. You're trying to kill people. Justifying the wicked, condemning the just—that's what you get when you have unjust people in authority. You know when I hear the concept of social justice. I laugh. That's a joke. That is the, that's the biggest joke I've ever heard, social justice. It's just that, that concept is not about social justice. It is about the fundamental transformation of the United States of America from a free enterprise, individual liberty, personal responsibility, constitutional republic, a government of limited and enumerated powers into a totalitarian state where the state decides you don't have enough. I'm going to give you some more. You have too much. I'm taking from you that you're, you, you shouldn't own that property. That's too much. You shouldn't own that property. Somebody else needs it. I mean, that, that's where they, that's what social justice is intended to mask. A dictatorial totalitarian system in which somebody like the airhead, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez gets to decide who gets what, because after all they do know best. Social justice, my foot. That's a big joke. Social justice is what created the the dismantle and defund the police movement. How's that working out for us? Unprecedented spike in crime. 181 children. I've chronicled this, my organization has something we call the Gallery of Forgotten Children. You go on our website, you can see it. 181 children, innocent children murdered since January of 2020, accelerated after the death of George Floyd and all the riots and garbage and defund the police mess started. Innocent children dead. That's your social justice. Thank you very much. Well, we really appreciate that. Killing innocent children and then letting the criminals out. No parole, no bail, no, just let them out. They're, 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 they're victims of injustice. See, it's not about America last, folks. It's about America destroyed as we know it. That's what's really going on here. Uh, these folks want to transform this country into some kind of Marxist utopia, uh, basically. they What they really want is communism. That's what they really want because they really believe that you, as an individual, are too stupid to know how to make decisions for yourself. And the society will be unjust when you're allowed to do that. And the best thing to when you are allowed to do that, the best thing to do is take that authority away from you, give it to the state so that you will really be happy and satisfied. Because now, someone else will make those wise decisions for you that you don't know how to make. The devil is a liar. Because the wisdom of God allows me to make wise decisions for myself. And that mess that they're spewing turns everybody into a fool. That's what it's done in every society where it's been tried. Turns everybody into a fool. Does anybody doubt Ocasio-Cortez? A fool. Uh, Ariana Presley? A fool. Ilhan Omar? A fool. Um, uh, Who am I leaving out? Um, Rashida Tlaib? A fool. A Corey uh, Bush, a fool. These people are crazy. They're godless. They're hell bound. And by the way, I love them and pray for them. They need to be saved. I'd love to have them as brothers and sisters for Christ standing up for righteousness. But right now, if they continue on the path they're on, they're going to bust hell wide open. And they're going to find out all their little socialism and all that mess that they believed in was nothing but Satan's deception to capture them and turn them into his eternal slaves. Of course, there's not going to be any slavery in hell because you're going to be a slave to your own sin and suffering without any way out, without any cessation, without any hope, without any diminution of the pain and the anguish and the suffering. The worm will not die and the fire will not be quenched. That's where they're going unless they turn around and I'm not letting our country go with them. The Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. I am not allowing my country to be turned into hell. I am not allowing my country to become a nation that forgets God. Okay, I, I'm, I, I'm off and running, so let me, let me, let me get to, to Philippians, or, I, or I'll never get there. We're in the book of Philippians, praise God, and uh, I'm, I'm taking my time with this. And I thought to myself yesterday, you know, I need to move faster, but, but the word of God is so rich that you, you can't rush through it. There's, there's so much that needs to be lifted out from it that to rush through it would just deny you of important wisdom and that is what Wisdom Awakening is all about, uh, that is going to help make your life better and help make you a a, a, a more joyful, more satisfied, more fulfilled person. I mean, look, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not merely about that, obviously. You know, I don't want you to think that I'm preaching a kind of feel-good ministry. That's not what I'm about. I'm but but what i'm talking about is the ultimate satisfaction of fulfilling the purpose that god had for you before the foundation of the world that that fulfilling that purpose can involve some suffering it can involve some pain but i'll tell you what I, i'd rather have whatever pain and suffering comes along with serving god than the the pleasures of sin for a season hallelujah because therein lies the deep satisfaction, the joy that the world didn't give and the world can't take away, the peace that the world can't give and the world can't take away. Let's get to this. So Paul says, uh, and we talked about this, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, third verse in the first chapter, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And I talked a little bit about that longevity, that bonding that can happen between pastor and flock uh, that I really believe that God intended. Sixth verse, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, I could use that verse for my closing comment. We cannot be defeated if we will not quit. Because we are on God's side. Look, being confident of this very thing. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, that means all the devils in hell can't stop God from fulfilling in you what he intended. All the nasty, stupid, godless politicians can't stop God from fulfilling in you what he had in mind for you. All the backbiting, the nastiness, the 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 the, the slanders, the lies said against you can't stop God from fulfilling what He had in mind for you. You know some of the, I mean I if, I laugh really to tell you the truth about some of the stuff that's said about me, um, even though sometimes when it first happens it's it's a little painful. You know when I was running for office they said that Bishop E. W. Jackson believes that. If your child is born with any kind of birth defects, it's because you sin. Well, that was a lie. But they took a lot out of my book, twisted it, perverted it, and then pushed that mess out there about me. And even have Christians asking me whether I believe that. Of course, I don't believe that. That's not Bible. That's not Bible. I mean, Jesus answered that when they asked, his disciples asked him about, Uh, blind Bartimaeus and said, well, why is this man born blind? It was it his sin or the sins of his parents. Jesus said, neither his sin nor the sins of his parents, but that the glory of God might be revealed in him. In other words, I don't believe that God was saying, Jesus was saying, God made him blind to reveal his glory. I believe he was saying, you're asking the wrong question. You're focused on the wrong issue. The issue is not how he got blind. The issue is what God wants to do with it. The Bible already answers that which no temptation has befallen you, but such is his common demand. These things happen because we live in a fallen, sin-sick world. I was referring, by the way, to original sin and the sin sickness of the world, not to anybody's personal sin that leads to these things. But they twisted it, t- turned me into, they tried to make me out to be some kind of nutcase. Oh yeah, he believes it. You know, your child. I mean, it, just fundamental compassion. Yeah, you look. If I believe that, I would be a monster. That's wrong. If your child has, I just had somebody call me uh, yesterday with a child that got sick and it was unexpected. And uh, I had prayer with, uh, with, with some of the folks involved in that. You have to be an, a complete idiot and evil to say, well, you know, the reason why your child is sick is because you said, I mean, but that's the lie the media told you know, it's been years since they put that lie out there, and I laugh about it now because, look, it hasn't stopped me. He that has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day. I didn't fall. Oh, God, they said such terrible things about me. I don't know what to do. You fight back. You fight back. And, by the way, if I ever ran for office again, and I'm not saying I'm going to because my wife might be listening, But if I ever ran for office again, I'd be loaded for bear because this time I'd be ready. I would know they're going to lie about me. They're going to do it because they hate your guts. If you are a godly person, if you are conservative, if you do not go along with the liberal pablum, they hate your guts and they want to destroy you just like they want to destroy this country. Now, if you go along, you start uh, agreeing with them. Oh, they'll, they'll pat you on the head and give you a nickel and say, you know, have you dance for them like a lot of, most of these politicians on the left do, and and these black politicians. I mean, you know, they'll they'll dance for Planned Parenthood and they'll dance for for um, transgenderism and they'll oh you know, yeah yeah they'll go to church and then leave church and go go dance for homosexuality. I'm not making it up, folks. I outed a guy one time who was a city councilor in Cambridge. And he was busy passing all this, this sick legislation and imposing all this stuff on the schools. And, and this was back in the mid 1980s, folks. And I went on the radio and outed him. I didn't out him. I didn't know he was a homosexual. But I just said, here are the things he is doing. And he goes to this particular church. And I named the church and told people, he goes to your church. But this is the stuff he's doing in his role as, as a city counselor Cambridge. Well, needless to say, I lit a fire under those folks at that church. They started questioning him and he didn't have answers because the only thing he could do was lie. So six months later, he came out of the closet and left that church. He was an imposter. He wasn't a Christian. He was there for votes and pretending to be I'm a Christian and then going back and voting for every abominable thing imaginable. Look, we we win we went, he that has begun a good work and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. All you've got to do is not quit, not give up. God's not going to give up on you. Don't you give up on him. It says, just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. Now, wow, there's a lot to unpack there. But look. Paul says, just as it is right for me to think this of you all. In other words, I love you all. You all are the people of God. And, you know, I plead with you Christians. I love you. You are the people of God. You can't bury your head in the sand and pretend that the things that are going on around you are not going on. You can't act like you do not have a stewardship responsibility for the future of this nation. You can't act like what's going to happen to your children and grandchildren is going to take care of itself. Or whatever God wants, God will do. That is horrible biblical theology. Horrible. It's wrong. God says, if you, then I. Ask and it shall be given. Why do not you just say, "Yo, know, you don't have to bother to ask. Don't, don't worry about it. I'll, it'll, I'll give it. He doesn't. Because there's an interaction between us and God. God says, If you, then I. If you don't, then He won't. And people say, Well, whatever God has in mind, He's going he's to bring it up. Look cosmically speaking, the outcome of human history, that is absolutely true. But don't you let anybody tell you that whatever God has for you, God's going to work out no matter what you do. That's a lie. That is not true. What God has in mind for you, he's going to work out for you as long as you are willing to cooperate. You don't have to be perfect, but you just have to say, Lord, here I am. Use me. I'm available to you. I may make mistakes, but Lord God, I am never going to quit on you. I'm never going to leave you. I am never going to walk away from you. I'm committed to you. And God will work it out. Lord knows I've made my share of mistakes. And if you're a Christian and you say you haven't, you're lying. (laughs) Because we all have. But look. It's right for us to think well of each other because we are the children of God and we are born again. We have God's spirit in us. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We are special. The Bible says so. Now, now what we as Christians have got to learn to do is to stop taking a back seat and step up. As I like to say, stand up, step up, speak up. Well, actually, stand up. St- yeah, well, stand up, step up, speak up. Yeah. You don't, don't, don't. Withdraw. You know, when the children of Israel were facing the the people of Mount Sarah, you find this in Second Chronicles, uh, chapter twenty, uh, around uh, uh, verses uh, about ten through twenty. Where the children of Israel, well, actually that entire chapter, children of Israel are facing the people of Mount Ser, uh, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and they so basically they got a triple army coming against them. They're outnumbered, they're outmanned. They they can't they can't possibly defeat these people on any natural basis. And Jehoshaphat says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And God tells them ultimately through the prophet Ahaziah, Set yourselves, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. Because the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. But notice. Get on the battlefield. Get set. In other words. You can't. I can't win the battle for you Jehoshaphat. If you run away. But if you will set yourselves. Then you can stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. I don't have the greatest resources. I mean, I I see George Soros and Jeff Bezos and these billionaires giving these leftists tens of millions of dollars, and I just think, wow, man, I, I would love for somebody to do that for me. But you know what? I don't think they can defeat me. I don't care if they got a gazillion dollars because that's not enough to defeat God. So I'm not, I'm not in any way cowed or intimidated. Oh, they have so much money and I don't have that much. I don't care. Oh, I'd love to have it. I could do more. But ultimately, I'm not depending upon human resources to accomplish our ends. I'm depending upon the resources of Almighty God. And his resources are infinite. 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 Don't you dare say I can't because I don't have. God has it. And if God gives you the vision, he'll give you the provision. But 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 you 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 preachers who are with me, tracking with me, God bless you. I want to encourage you. And you preachers who who, who the ones who have just left the word of God, I I, I can't say anything for you. You know, a, a preacher was in charge of the fa- the foundation for freedom from religion. That was a, that guy called himself Reverend Reverend what Reverend Satan. So I, I can't I, there's nothing I can do for you. I just pray for you and hope you get saved before it's too late. But you preachers who have been intimidated, you love the you love God, you love His word, but you've been intimidated. Oh, I don't want to upset my people. I don't want to. I, I want to I just want to encourage you. For every person who gets mad at you for taking a stand, God will send you to. And besides that, that ministry is not yours anyway. It's Almighty God's. It belongs to Jesus Christ. You know, and think about this. When John the Baptist was arrested by Herod. And he sent a messenger to Jesus saying, are you the one or do we look for another? Jesus could have sent a message back saying, oh, John, I, I feel so badly about what you're going through, and oh, it's just terrible, and oh. But he didn't. He said, what went you out to see? A reed shaken in the wind, what went you out to see? a man clothed in rough raiment. He said, but I tell you the truth, a prophet and more than a prophet. For he that is born of women, of he that is born of women, there is none greater than John. And the man was in a dungeon, in a dungeon in Herod's prison. (laughs) He probably didn't know it at the time, but about to be beheaded. And Jesus said, boy, Let me tell you something. John is something else. (laughs) So I don't care what circumstance you are in. Look, it is right for me to think this of you all because you are the people of God. Says just as I have you in my, because I have you in my heart. You see, I love God's people. I look, I've been, as there's an old song say, "I've been buked <laughs> and I've been scorned <laughs> by some people who claim to be God's people." Oh, I tell you, oh my goodness! If if I if I had a million dollars for every stab in the back from somebody who claimed to be a Christian, I'd be an extremely wealthy man. <laughs> but I still love God's people. I love God's people. He loves us. And it says. I have you in my heart. I have God's people in my heart. See, I really believe that the key to this nation's salvation, if you will, this nation's future, is in the people of God. If we would just stand up, step up, and speak up, if we would vote, if every Christian in America who believes the Bible would vote, we'd turn this country around overnight. you got a, a bunch of them just won't do it. If every Christian in this nation would make their voices heard against the wickedness that they see in their local communities, in their school boards, in their uh, from their mayors, from their city councils, we'd turn this country around overnight. If every pastor who believes God and believes God's word and accepts it as the inerrant word of the living God would stand up, the left would be done. They would be done. You can't tell me that at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, there aren't Christians in that church who must know that Raphael Warnock is an an abomination to God because he justifies the wicked and condemns the righteous. He stood up and said that abortion is a good thing, and he supports it, and the people who are opposed to it are against women. He stood up and said homosexuality is a good thing, and the people who are opposed to it are wrong. And yet he's supposed to be a preacher. He is justifying the wicked and condemning the just, the righteous. And yet he's in a pulpit. You can't tell me there aren't people there who ought to get together and say, that man needs to go because he does not know God and he does not represent God and we do not need him in this church. He needs to go somewhere and get saved. Not be standing up trying to preach anything to anybody because he himself doesn't know Jesus. How can you say that? Because you can't possibly know Jesus and deny his word like that and basically shake your fist at his righteousness and say, I'm doing my thing. And I hope one of those candidates running, Herschel Walker or uh, or Vernon Jones, I don't know either one of them personally, but I hope one of those candidates running down there drives that man from office and he's never heard from again. I don't mean in any violent way. I mean, never heard from again politically. I hope the man lives a long life and has time to contemplate his sin and get saved and really accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and savior. Cause he doesn't, he doesn't know him. I can tell you that unequivocally. He doesn't know him. He is a blasphemer and you can't know Jesus and be a blasphemer. He's taught about one of those cemeteries that taught him that nothing in the Bible is true anyway. I say, well, if, 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 if the Bible is not the inerrant word of the living God, how, why would you accept what it says about Jesus? And most of them don't. I guarantee you, he's one of these people doesn't believe in the virgin birth, doesn't believe in the triunity of God, that God is Father, Son, and Spirit, and Holy Spirit, and doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is God himself come in the flesh, that he is God incarnate. I guarantee he doesn't believe that. He won't say that probably to his church because he's too cowardly to do that because he knows a lot of Christians in there who know Jesus and know better would really be up in arms. So he just uses his little education and... Dances around, but anybody who will stand up in the congregation or write in a book that the church needs to learn from Karl Marx, I I I don't know what to say for him. But look, it is right for me to think this all this of you all because I have you in my heart, and I'm going to stop there. That's a comma, but I'm going to stop there because I'm out of time, and I'm going to come back to finish that seventh verse. Oh, this this word, the word of God is so, I don't know how people can deny that the word of God, the Bible, is the inerrant, infallible word of the living God. you got to be a fool to deny that and call yourself a preacher too and call yourself a Christian too. Every word, every word is rich. Every word is full of life. I'm a living witness. I got saved on the word of God. Well, at any rate, <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, I hope the sale's been good, by the way. And remember, oh, I'll be on at 1 o'clock today. Oh, oh my goodness, I've gotta say this. I'm going extra time, but gotta say this. Tuesday, 12 noon Eastern Time, I have my National Awakening Coalition conference call, okay? Tuesday, 12 noon Eastern Time. Go to our website, standamerica.us, to get the call and information. I will have Mary Graybar as my guest speaker on Tuesday. She's written a new book on the 1619 Project, okay? And I'll tell you what, she is a powerful, powerful uh, woman of, uh, of, of wisdom, and you, you don't want to miss this, the 1619 Project, Tuesday, 12 noon. In fact, I'm going to try to get her on my radio program, too, but that's not scheduled yet. But she will be on the conference call Tuesday at 12 noon, Eastern Time. Go to StandAmerica.us. Mary Gray Graybar. She's going to be talking about the 1619 Project. That that there's another thing, that is an abomination to God. Well, remember, folks. I got to go. I'll be on at one o'clock today, uh, at uh, one o'clock Eastern Time on American Family Radio. Download the app AFR.net. You can listen to me that way or to uh, at a local radio station somewhere near you. In the meantime, remember that we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.